Welcome to episode 35 of the Burning Bush Podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Thanks for taking a minute out of your schedule to uh, listen to the podcast this week. I hope everybody's doing all right. And uh, this week I am smoking a special cigar. It is the Diamond Crown Julius Caesar by J.C. Newman. And I'm smoking the Toro, the 6x52. This is uh, one of the higher-end cigars that uh, I smoke very occasionally. Um, I think this thing, I buy it in my local shop after tax, which is crazy here in California. Uh, it comes to about close to $25 for this cigar. So I don't smoke these very often, but when I do, I really enjoy them. They're really, really good uh, cigar. And uh, I would encourage anybody who has never had one to give it a try. So let me go ahead on over to their website and uh, just give you the rundown, the history, the background on the Diamond Crown Julius Caesar. Born in 1875 in a small Hungarian village, Julius Newman and his family sailed across the Atlantic in 1888 in search of the American dream. With no middle name, Julius was required to choose one before workers could complete his entry paperwork. Stumped, he solicited help from the immigration officer who suggested Caesar after the great Roman. Julius relished in the thought of being named after a historic leader and conqueror, but due to a typo by the attendant, Caesar was spelled with an E. Thus, Julius Caesar, J.C. Newman, American citizen, was born. Unlike his brothers who became tailors, J.C. had a yearning to make cigars. So, his mother paid an experienced cigar maker $3 a month to teach her young son the art of hand cigar rolling. Little did J.C. know that day in May 1895 when he started his company and hand-rolled his first 500 cigars for the family grocer, that he was establishing a family legacy that would be flourishing four generations later. In fact, of the 42,000 cigar manufacturers licensed in 1895, J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the only premium cigar maker that is still owned and operated by the founding family. Diamond Crown was one of J.C.'s earliest cigar brands. Eric and Bobby's father, Stanford J. Newman, relaunched Diamond Crown in 1995 to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the J.C. Newman Cigar Company. The fuller flavor Diamond Crown Maximus followed in 2002. In 2010, to celebrate J.C.'s 135th birthday and our company's 115th anniversary, Diamond Crown Julius Caesar was released. Diamond Crown Julius Caesar cigars are meticulously rolled by hand in small batches by Tabacalera e Fuente in the Dominican Republic. As with all Diamond Crown cigars, Julius Caesar is held to the highest standard of quality control. You will discover that it is the especially flavorful Ecuadorian Havana seed wrappers combined with a smooth, robust blend of fine Dominican binder, select Dominican and Central American filler tobaccos, carefully aged for five years 
that gives Julius Caesar its bold, rich, distinctive flavor. And the Vitolas are Churchill, seven and a half by 52, Pyramid, six and a half by 52, Hail Caesar, six by 60, Toro, six by 52, Corona, five and a half by 43, Robusto, four and seven tenths by 52, and the 1895, which is a five by 52. And the wrapper, the wrapper is Ecuadorian Havana, binder is Dominican, filler is Caribbean and Central American, and factory is, uh, like I said, they're rolled by the Fuente factory. And the tobacco is aged five years. The ratings, uh, Cigar Aficionado, top 25 cigars of 2011 and 2014. Cigar and Spirits, Cigar of the Year, 2017. Cigar Insider gives it a 93, Cigar Journal a 94, Cigar Snob a 92, and Smoke Magazine a 93. And that is the story of the Julius Caesar, the Diamond Crown Julius Caesar by J.C. Newman from their website. So again, if you haven't tried the, uh, the Julius Caesar, the Diamond Crown Julius Caesar, uh, splurge once in a while and uh, treat yourself. I think you'll really enjoy it. I know I do. So let's go ahead and get back into chapter nine of What Does God Want? by Mike Heiser, Dr. Michael Heiser. And the section this week is called Disciples Fellowship. Fellowship is a New Testament word that describes the activity of the believing community. Taking care of each other is part of biblical fellowship. Because when believers meet together, needs can be discerned and met. That said, we need a short discussion of fellowship to talk about other things disciples do. Many Christians today equate fellowship with having fun together. For sure, doing fun things together strengthens relationships. Enjoying the company of people builds bonds. But that really isn't biblical fellowship in the sense of becoming disciples. The basic difference between doing fun things together and biblical fellowship is that fellowship isn't just about spending time together. It's much more intentional. The goal of fellowship is ultimately becoming one mind around Jesus so that we can have his mind in us. In other words, the goal of fellowship is discipleship. A couple of verses from Philippians capture the idea. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Philippians 1.27 so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, having this mind among yourselves, 
which is yours in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2, 1 through 2, and 5. What does it mean to have the mind of Christ and then to be of one mind as a community of believers? Does it mean everyone believes the same things down to the last detail? No. The Bible speaks of unity, not uniformity. A better way to understand being of one mind is that every member of the community is pursuing the same goal, to be like Jesus. The goal is harmony, not unanimity, in pursuing Christ-likeness and living in community together as believers. Early believing communities engaged in a number of activities to build toward this goal. They prayed, fasted, worshipped, and studied the scriptures. Since all of those activities are things disciples do individually as well as together, I'll talk about each one separately as we continue. And that's the end of this week's section of chapter 9, entitled Disciples Fellowship, from Mike Kaiser's book, What Does God Want? So again, thanks a lot for stopping by the podcast this week, and hope you'll stop by again next week. And again, take advantage of uh, everything in the show notes, all the links to Mike Heiser's books and podcast and uh, his Awakening School of Theology, as well as Groundworks Ministries for daily Bible studies and devotion, and the Burning Bush Podcast merchandise store as well. So check out all the show notes. There's a lot of stuff in there. So until next week, have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless. Mm-hmm.